he's got the most ludicrous comb over, comb over I have ever seen. I've I've had to screenshot it and zoom in and include that in my notes because there's a point in this in, in in this picture of him where his hair, his comb over starts at the side of his hair and then sweeps up into the front of his side parting. And I'm just, I found myself going frame by frame through the footage of him like it was the fucking Zapruder film. Like, like his hair is going up and to the left, up and to the left. <laughs> Awful movie. 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 Welcome back to God Awful Movies, where each week we watch another terrible movie so you don't have to. I'm your host, Heath Enright, and sitting 600 miles to my left is my good friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how's it going, buddy? I'm fantastic, Heath. It took some time, took some commitment, but... We finally broke Marsh. I'm pleased to say we, we did. finally <laughs> broke Marsh. We did. His notes devolve into insanity right away. <laughs> and speaking of which, sitting somewhere in his magic ivory tower that blocks the 5G COVID waves is my <laughs> great friend, Michael Marshall. Marsh, welcome back. Thank you for having me back, guys. So I, I thought we'd covered this. I thought this was done. And then it came back like a zombie. And you made me watch this while my wife is away for a couple of days to see her mum. So I kind of just watched this, having not spoken to another human being or seen another human being for like a few days in my little office. And I slowly went out of my mind watching this. So thank you. Yeah, we got a second wave. So we should see Plandemic like three through 18 over the next few months. This will be fun. <sighs> All right, so let's just uh, go ahead and spill it. Tell us, Marsh, what are we going to be breaking down today? We watched Plandemic again, or, or Plandemic 2. It, it's kind of tricky to know exactly what it was that we watched, because it's the movie that we reviewed a clip of. <laughs> Electric Booga Flu. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So we, we reviewed a, a, like a half an hour chunk of this film in episode 248, and this is the full-length version and it doesn't include that half an hour that nope. we reviewed no, it or does almost not. anything of anyone that was in that half an hour. But mostly <laughs> it spends the full movie explaining why the response to that half an hour clip of the movie that isn't in this movie, why that response was wrong. This, this is basically the movie. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> and Eli, how bad was the movie? Well... If you love the 20 minutes of dangerous lies that were the trailer for this movie, but you were really hoping they dig in and double down on their own oppression narrative, you will love this movie. If Pandemic <laughs> is a guy yelling a racial slur in a viral Twitter video, Plandemic indoctrination <laughs> is that guy's Fox News appearance. <laughs> All right, I guess that tracks. Uh, ha having missed part one myself, I felt like I walked into an argument with a guy yelling ethnic slurs in a Twitter video <laughs> at me as if we'd already been doing that for like half an hour. So any chance you guys catch me up on what I missed really quick? Yeah, so um, Dr. Judy had solved HIV before she'd even finished a PhD mm -hmm. until wow. Tony Fauci came along and stole all of her research and therefore <laughs> forced her to... Definitely not steal intellectual property from her employer, uh, sending her to prison in the process, all of which proves that COVID is a Chinese plot to enrich the CDC. Enrich the CDC. Okay, no, I got that part, yeah. Also, and just because the movie is going to go back there on purpose, she's pretty sure going to the beach without a mask will cure your COVID. 
Yes, they they could have just <laughs> left that bit out. They could have just not gone back to that. With that, just like being at a the sand kind of just fixes the immune system. I don't know. We'll get there. That's something they'll say. All right. Is there anything you guys would like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, so I, I want to say best worst delivering on a trailer. You know, we've already touched on this, but we watched a full half an hour clip of this film and that excerpt was not in this film. No, the no, whole no. main focus of the clip was Judy Mikovich and she isn't really in this film at all. Instead, this film is an hour-long response to critics of the half an hour clip. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it reminded me, you remember when the first look at Sonic in the latest Sonic film came out and people were like, oh, we do not like what that looks like. Do I? And then they went away and changed the visuals of the character. It's sort of like that, except if instead of changing the character's appearance, they just changed the plot of the film to be all about defending the character's appearance. <laughs> <for all later. laughs> that is the perfect metaphor for this movie. <laughs> yep. Jim Carrey anti-vaxxing too. Fits right in. Yeah. All right. Just Sonic doing a bunch of squats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with best worst. Density of wrong. Ooh, that's so, impressive for our show. Yeah, I know. I know. It took me so fucking long to watch this stupid fucking movie. It's not that long of a movie, but it took forever just because I had to pause every five seconds. Like, <laughs> I'd be writing some absurd lie that they just said, and then I'd miss like four more absurd lies if I didn't pause it. So many times I'd be in the middle of typing like, Nope, you're clearly lying, and here's why. And the movie would be like, anyway, moving on. Bill Gates is going to blow up the sun with a rocket. And I'd be like, no, no, not moving on. It's just so much wrong per minute. It's amazing. Like, this movie is the osmium of wrongness. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, see, I was going to go with best worst time getting the movie. So, as Heath mentions in the top of our notes, I had to fucking keister this movie across the border to get this to Marsh <laughs> so that we could make fun of it. I sent this movie, this is 100% true, I sent the link to this movie in a private Facebook message to Marsh and Facebook deleted the private message. That's gone! <laughs> which is there. good, right? Like, Facebook should not be helping anyone spread deadly misinformation. That is an, a very good use of their platform. But I would have loved to have not had to attach a DVD to a carrier pigeon so that we could all make fun of this fucking thing. <laughs> also, now I know I'm red flagged on some service somewhere on the Facebook algorithm. They're like, oh, no, that oh, yeah. guy's a fucking asshole. Don't let him post. Right. All my pictures are going to load slow for the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Eli did the carrier pigeon thing, but then we learned that Marsh actually keistered the extended wider cut <laughs> and <laughs> He was not going to waste that effort and mm -hmm. the risk of, you know, black helicopter arrest. So we watched that one with extra stuff. Also, my laptop exploded somehow. It's probably unrelated. Either way, we're going to take a quick break at this point, And then we'll be back to tell you all about Plandemic 2 in Doctor Nation. Classic. Doctor Doctor's a word. Hell that. All right, everyone. Welcome to the very first writers' meeting for Plandemic Indoctrination. Indoctrination. You guys got it? No, oh, we're we're so clever because because doctors are evil. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, our first foray into the public sphere was a huge hit. Yeah, it was. Oh, people loved us. Right, right. Mo mostly the mentally ill, the stupid, 
and the mentally ill and stupid loved right. us. Like, like you but said, that's our target demographic. That's yeah. a demo, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking in the full length version, we can really dive into the arguments we made in the first movie, like really prove our point. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about that. Oh, what? What's the problem? So a lot of stuff that we said in the the, the first tr- in the trailer was mm-hmm. uh, redolent of wrongness. Oh, yeah, man. like not as right as we'd have liked. Yeah, that's good. Oh, was it yeah. to to um, a criminal degree for for some of it? Huh. Oh, for some of it, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Okay, so we're not going to talk about Fauci. Stealing Ju- Judy. Nobody said stealing. I, I don't remember anyone saying stealing. No, <laughs> All right. no, 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 no. All right. All right. But but what about the fact that masks are actually causing yes, more problems yes, than their. Oh. I don't remember anyone saying anything about masks. That's, yeah. All right. So what can we talk about? Well, I mean, people were like very, very mean about the first movie, like so mean. Mm. And, and if you phrase it right, Judy was arrested without a signed warrant, which is being what? arrested without a warrant. That's been signed. That's been signed. That's yeah, been yeah. signed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Plus, how you guys plus, okay. plus, we checked and patented the coronavirus is vague enough that we can probably spend a lot of time on that. Okay, guys. I mean... That's good, I guess. But that's like 20 minutes. We need to fill the movie. We need more. Um, Bill Gates is a dick. That's true. He is. He is a um, dick. All right. All right. Yeah. So we can fill the rest with that. Awesome. Oh, well, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Right. Because he is, though. He is. The worst. Mm-hmm. Hope he dies. <laughs> and we're back. And we're going to open this one up with a little speech from one of the producers about how the movie you're watching on the internet, got banned from the internet. Brian Rose oh, is this guy. So I, I yeah. made you guys do this bit because we could. Because Brian Rose at London Real, he's basically like a British wannabe Alex Jones. That's where he's clearly positioning <laughs> himself and has Great. been more and more so over the last kind of year or so. And so he ran the world premiere of Plandemic 2 through his, his own weird live stream platform thing. And so that's why he gets to do this introduction. And as far as I can tell, his introduction seems to take place somehow in a British-themed Nazi memorabilia bunker. And it's, <laughs> okay. it's really impressive he's hit that. What the fuck was that? I don't know. It like like a libertarian antique store <laughs> that they used for a set? I wrote my notes. I could do most of the show on this room alone. There's like, there's an hour worth of material just <laughs> scrutinizing every detail because it's so weird. He's got in the middle of his floor in front of him, he's got a silver plated statue of a bulldog. And yes, I just want to see insane. how many times per day he trips over that when he forgets that it's there. <laughs> it's always, these tiny little slices of life of evil people are my favorite parts of this job, right? Like, yeah, Ray Comfort, bad arguments, homophobe, but like, what's Ray Comfort's bathroom look like? <laughs> Apparently it's got a silver plated bulldog because they all got one of those in it. It's fucking, <laughs> it's amazing. But yeah, he's going to dedicate the first 10, 15 minutes of his intro to 
you can't watch the movie you're watching mm-hmm. <laughs> from, yep. his, from his room. That is all I'll say. Oh, the other only other thing I'm going to say about his room is that everything in this room makes him look like he supported Winston Churchill because of the racism. You know, I, was like, <laughs> I wasn't too keen on all that anti-Hitler stuff, but the Bengal famine was A+. plus. It was absolutely nailing it for that. Also, I couldn't see his face because his tie knot was too big. <laughs> oh, God. Wonderful. What was happening there? Yeah, it looks like he's stolen that tie from a teddy bear. It's like it's it's <laughs> a delightful size. And this film, it turns out, will have a weird preoccupation with men in ties and men tying ties and the ties yep. that men are wearing. It's it's a recurrent theme, and I did not see that coming in Pandemic. Yeah, we watch somebody tie a tie in mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is obvious that the guy who made Pandemic like can't tie a tie so everyone he meets who can he's just like holy shit you must be some kind of rocket scientist doctor (laughs) i tell you i tried that on myself last week ended up choking myself to sleep so yeah we will be featuring that heavily in my documentary thank you there's a double windsor okay (laughs) yeah so he starts talking about the interview with david ike that he did yeah also which is a big part of this little intro apparently they interviewed David Icke, and it was like banned from the internet. No, it wasn't. It got deleted from YouTube, I guess, but it ruined their thing. He's like, yeah, this is going to be the second largest YouTube video ever that day. And we were going to have 40 million views, but then Mark Zuckerberg deleted us. Yeah. And like, he paints himself as underground whilst also saying that his video got millions of views and has so many people watching. Like, you can't be underground when you are the second biggest thing on YouTube behind a Donald <laughs> Trump speech. Yep. Also, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own YouTube. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but his, his platform as well is called London Real. And you know that a news source is legitimate when they put real in the title. That's how you know it's a real <laughs> news source. Yeah. London Real, True News, all the best, all the best news sites. <laughs> have it right there in the title. He's also explaining that like London Real is going to be the new YouTube, but for free speech. And he lists the people that he's going to have on the platform. And he's like, we have people like anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxers and Noam Chomsky. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like Noam got a weird email from a friend just being like, hey, man, did you sign up? For a thing, a new YouTube? Uh, I was in this Harper's letter, too. I don't know. I got to check on the stuff that I get myself into. I just say yes to everything. What can I say? Also, by the way, on that list of intellectual luminaries that are interviewed by London Real, uh, also Robert F. Kennedy Jr., (laughs) the anti-vaxxer and the liar from their apparently trailer for this movie, who's barely in this movie, Judy Mikovits, and Dr. Technically not allowed to say Dr. Andrew Wakefield. I wrote my notes, Dr. Long Pause Andrew Wakefield. (laughs) Yeah, Dr. Can I say doctor? Can we get a lawyer? No. Andrew Wakefield, who has a job. I think legally there has to be like at least one second or two other words between the word doctor and Andrew Wakefield. It's the (laughs) the only way legally you're allowed to do that. Figured out how to end a sentence with doctor and then start with Andrew (laughs) Wakefield. And he makes such a big deal about how his new platform is going to be like censorship free. And I thought if that's true, like... Maybe we should see if he will host this episode on there. If he's that that keen on free speech and that keen on kind of uh, being censorship free, you know, this <laughs> yeah. conspiracy mongering, quackery peddling uber cunt, basically. If, <laughs> I just want to know, how do we go about getting this episode posted to your censorship free platform, Brian? Yeah. See, Good and question. that was Marsh's solution. My solution was, I'm going to put a bunch of videos in my butthole on this thing <laughs> just to fuck with them. <laughs> 
So if you ever need the uh, difference between me and Michael Marshall in a 10 second soundbite, <laughs> there it is. And he keeps saying he's all about anti-censorship and free speech, sort of. He thinks that's what he's saying. And he, he gives that quote, I don't agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. He says that again at the end. Mm-hmm. I think he's lying. Like <laughs> He'll defend Google's right to, to the speech on their platform by removing speech from their platform <laughs> to the death. I, I think we should test that. Yeah, like he, he'll defend to the death our right to say stuff he disagrees with. So I'm really looking forward to him having my back when we're pointing out how many of his supporters are going to die of COVID-19 as a direct result of the things he's saying. I, I expect <laughs> yeah. you to have my back on that, Brian. Yeah. And then as he's closing out his little intro, he's like, okay, everybody stop. This is fucking serious. Share my link. Seriously, stop it right now. Share this fucking video. I'm being silenced right now during th- this video that uh, I just told you to share on the internet, which is share. Yeah, yeah, he wants you to share. He wants you to donate to him. He reads out the URL that you use to donate to him. For one thing, that URL doesn't work. I tried it. He's read that out wrong. Um, the other thing is he's offering people to the chance to become a founding member of the platform he's currently speaking on. If you give him money, you'll be the founding member of a thing he's already using to communicate with you. Amazing. And then, yeah. and I want to say, this is a god-awful movie's first. He ends his intro with, also, I just want to say, this has been a really hard month for me, personally. Uh, someone pooped in my shoes at the gym. I don't want to get into the details. I don't want to name names. I have my suspicions, but someone pooped in my shoes. They were new shoes, and they and someone pooped in them. All right, here's Plandemic 2. Yeah, he's having a bad year. So he finally closes out his little intro, and now the video actually starts. And we get a fair use notice. It says, these views are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone, or anything. Every person named is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So like... Bigotry doesn't count that you're about to hear, and none of us got convicted yet. Technically, enjoy our science documentary. (laughs) And the thing is, that isn't a fair use notice. You can't bury a none of what we're saying should be taken seriously in a fair use copyright notice. You've just titled the notice (laughs) that way so people don't bother reading it, but you can still point to the fact that you said it at the start. It's so disingenuous. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So we get the notice, and from there we cut to the pandemic simulation exercise funded by the evil Gates Foundation. (laughs) And if we want to know how good this movie is at fact-checking, they put up a caption on screen that says October 2019, five months before the pandemic, which started in December 2019. (laughs) (laughs) And the point they're trying to make is that the UN created this pandemic somehow, or Bill Gates created it, but also did a simulation about it? Did a publicly broadcast simulation about it, which is, this is, that would make them fucking idiots, Mm, right? mm. If they are the evil architects of the pandemic, the fact that they televised them planning it is the worst plan ever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) One of my favorite parts, though, is in the simulation, the people who are doing it correctly predicted that idiots would think the UN and Bill Gates created the pandemic. Yes. Like they, they might as well say like some asshole's going to make a movie that shows this clip and put evil 
music behind it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. There's like one lady who's saying there might be some conspiracy theories that arise about pharma, basically because people are dicks. And this film's like, aha, proof, proof, you see, that it was pharma who did it. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I wanted it to turn into like a full on conspiracy Ouroboros where they have someone simulating pandemic inside the simulation, <laughs> showing the clip of this clip inside the simulation. It never stopped. <laughs> and the thing is that they make a big deal, right? The thing is they make a big deal about the fa fact that this was a respiratory illness that they're simulating, that they're simulating, you know, a respiratory illness that causes mass death and a, a shortage of PPE. But that isn't proof that therefore this is a conspiracy. It's evidence that we don't listen to warnings, you know? It's like if your teacher tells you don't run with scissors and then you run with scissors and stab yourself, that isn't proof that the teacher secretly stabbed you. <laughs> <laughs> right, what's crazy is we were so aware that this was going to happen that all the smart people got together and planned this shit like a mega game to see if we'd be totally fucked. And spoiler alert, we are. <laughs> yeah. Everything in the simulation is correct and they're showing it to us. Like, the moral of the story is listen to the fucking nerds when they do simulations <laughs> about stuff. But the moral of the story, according to London Real, is how did these science nerds know so much about science. Like, <laughs> the predictive nature of science is a conspiracy in their head. And they end with, did this need to be so bad? Yeah, and that, that is a question we'll be asking throughout this movie. That, that is a recurrent <laughs> right, thought in my exactly. notes. <laughs> All right, well, they close out their little segment about Bill Gates's simulation. They'll, they'll circle back to it. And now the movie really, really begins. No, it doesn't. <laughs> We're watching the producer-director, Mickey Willis, talking about Plandemic Part 1 now. Uh, and this is also where we see, like, up on screen for the first time, the name of the film, Plandemic in Doctor Nation. And I wrote my notes, <laughs> and I am out already. Uh, pleasure recording with you boys. I want nothing more to do with it. In Doctor Nation. Oh, God. And he introduces us to the anti-vaxxer, anti-hero Judy Mikovits from his first one, which is trailer, again, just to be clear. And he calls her, he calls her a science whistleblower. That's, that's her job. Like, she's exposing big data and she's blowing the whistle on science. And he's trying to blow her up and make her out to be the hero. He actually says, after speaking with Judy Mikovits's legal team, I'm confident she's the most honest person ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, one thing I can say is, is that Judy is one of the most honest people I've ever known. And when one of the most honest people you've ever known is someone who went to prison, you've got to question either your judgment <laughs> or your social circle. But one of those two has to go. <laughs> yeah, this, this part of the movie is like the bizarro version of that adage. It's like, if everyone in the world thinks you're an asshole... They're the assholes. This is unclear. This is, I, I don't know how this metaphor works now. <laughs> and then they show us an evil montage of fact checking articles yeah. rolling in front of us. And, and people just taking the piss out of Plandemic Part One. And I'm I'm really upset that the previous episode we did was not featured in that montage. This is why you've got to get out of audio and into video, guys. You get to make yep. it into montages if you do video <laughs> piss takes. <laughs> Right. And then they tell us about their website that literally has a rabbit hole button. Yeah. <laughs> you can't like you can't just lean into bullshit and then wink and now you're not bullshit. Fuck fuck off. No. 
But absolutely the not. The great thing about that that research page, he's called it the rabbit hole. But like when Alice went down the rabbit hole, she ended up in a world of make believe where nothing she saw was real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then we get a little bit more from Judy Mikovits. He asks her about being listed 13th out of 13 authors. And mm-hmm. apparently people made fun of her for that. So I think there's something odd going on here because I think he's conflating two bits of criticism. Because if you're the last named author on a paper, I checked this with with actual scientists, the last named author is the more senior person on that paper, you know, the the person in charge of the the institute or charge of the team that did that paper. But the criticism she got wasn't about the later work that she did when she was in that position. It was the criticism of her saying she basically invented a cure for HIV before she finished a PhD. That's the stuff that we were saying you weren't that senior at the time for. But he just puts those two pieces <laughs> right. together and has her answer them in one go. Well, not not answer them, in fact. Yeah, nobody was like, yeah, Watson was amazing, but Crick was a fucking quack. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also... Apparently, the second half of the sentence where she explains what Marsh just said wasn't fit for this film because we watch her go, well, actually, the 13th author is the most senior scientist. And then her mouth keeps moving and the voiceover is like, never mind whatever the fuck she's about to say. Um, uh, if, if you're a liar, how come you retracted your paper? And she's like, oh, they made me retract my paper. I didn't do it like of my own free will. And I wrote in my notes, oh, well, now I trust you completely. No, e- even more than that, she said I was forced to react it as I was in jail. As I was in that has exactly. really nailed the trust on you there. <laughs> my science was too good. I had to retract it. Also, I was in jail. There's one thing I point out, because this film's going to have like talking heads with lots of people. We saw like a, a little flash cut of different people that we're going we're gonna to see throughout the film. And it's funny how many of the people we're going to see are introduced as like, activist or researcher or educator or author or writer and like those are all words that are only jobs if they've got other words attached to them either side or before thinker <laughs> thoughts great philosopher who once said something <laughs> yeah and then she wraps up by being like look I would hate to kill someone if I found out that I had killed one grandparent or one person that that would just be the end for me. And I'm like, oh, hey, uh, cool. Judy, I've, I've got great news. It's, it's the, the end, end for, for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe she'd only be disappointed to hear that she'd only killed one person. Like, if I found oh. out I'd killed one person, like after doing all of this, I'm looking to get into three figures minimum. Like the amount of effort <laughs> I've put in. Yep. So Judy Mikovits uh, tries to talk a little bit more, but they just fade out as they enjoy doing. And then she's done. No more from her. <laughs> nope. That's enough. We're going to, she's going to have her mouth move in, in the video though. I don't know. Why don't they just like, just have her finish a sentence and cut. You can do, just tell her to finish the sentence. Anyway, now they move on and we're going to meet David E. Martin, who wears a bow tie like a real scientist. <laughs> and we're watching him get dressed in a different suit than they show us him wearing in his interview. Yeah. Yeah. Like, was this one trickier to put on? Like, I don't understand. I have, okay. So, Marsh, maybe you can help me out because I went down a David E. Martin rabbit hole trying to figure out who the fuck this nutbag is. Oh, okay. He appears to be claiming that he invented a computer that can tell the intent of communication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he yeah. can yeah. feed a bunch of stuff into his computer program that he invented and it'll tell you what like 
your wife really meant by her divorce papers. <laughs> but every level of communication from this guy is salesmanship bullshit. So I, I have no idea what this guy's thing is. I think he might be a patent scammer, but he could also just be like a random crazy person. It's impossible for me to tell. He just says linguistic genomics a lot. Yeah, and he talked about how he was like a, a, looking into tax fraud as well. Like that's his area was tax fraud. I thought, why are we talking to a tax fraud guy who did stuff on linguistics about anything to do with a pandemic? And why specifically are we talking to one who looks like the body double stand-in for the principal from Back to the Future? Because that's <laughs> who he is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's in he's in patents. That's like the thing he used that computer program for mm, mm. to figure out which patents actually have language that intends to essentially copy a different patent. And he claims that the program figured out that approximately one third of all U.S. patents are actually copies of other patents. Yeah, but that's 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 all patents. That's not medical patents. That's all patents. And you can patent anything and people frequently do. So it's not that much of a surprise to me that there are scammers out there who are filing dodgy patents that are just copies of other patents. That bit's not at all remarkable to me. And they make him out like he's a fucking mega hacker for having sorted this out. They even like have him looking at a map and then we see like hacker code come onto the screen like it's the Matrix. But if you pause <laughs> yeah. it and actually read the code, it's just HTML header text. You can see it's a CSS for like just a web page uh, with a font that's aligned left, size 11 points, solid border. It's like that's their like magic uh, hacker text. So it's, and what yeah. is that solid border of? One third of patents, exactly. <laughs> right, and the claim here is that the CDC has a patent on coronavirus, just like anything with that word in it is patented by the CDC, which I don't think is how it works. No, I think, and this will be one of the main arguments of this movie, is the idea that, like, they're counting on your grandma not to know the difference between, one, coronaviruses in general and COVID-19, and two, patenting medical technology, especially medical secrets used to treat and analyze coronaviruses and patenting the actual little spider dude that gets you sick. Yes. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. it. Because they they say later on, you know, they filed a patent not just on the virus, but on the method and the kit used to, to detect it. And it's just like having, uh, imagine you read a patent that was talking about a flea collar. It's like saying they filed a patent, not just on the concept of a dog, but also on their new design for a flea collar. It's like, no, they patented the flea collar. They just mentioned <laughs> right. dogs in it in the same thing to explain what a dog was first. Oh, yeah, God. but his genius program can detect the word dog in patents. <laughs> but his point is that like, okay, so the CDC patented coronavirus and only they could do anything with SARS or coronavirus ever since. They won't even let you have a little coronavirus to play with at home, even if you promise to be super <laughs> right. responsible with it. Yeah, he says Walk there's it. a laundry list of people who want to take the credit for inventing coronavirus. Like, there's nobody trying to get credit for inventing coronavirus. That's <laughs> just a ludicrous... And he also blames Fauci. He shows a patent, which for one is a patent for a, a replication defective form of the virus. So it couldn't spread. And that's what they've done. They've knocked out a bit of it so it can't spread. And that's what they're patenting, that thing they've done to it. But he shows that and blames Fauci for that patent. And very clearly, Fauci is not listed on that patent. It's just, it's right there. You've showed us the patent. We can see it's got <laughs> nothing to do with him. But the theory that he's pushing here is that like, the WHO 
saw the SARS outbreak of 1999 and they were like, fuck, we could make a ton of money if we had a SARS outbreak, right? That'll do <laughs> That'll do great for the economy, a big airborne illness that'll fucking crush it. And they started their 11-year plan. <laughs> and just to point out, midway through this conversation with David, he does change into a second board, a third board tie, in fact. He just changed <laughs> board ties midway through this. So he's... He is that guy who is almost who is always wearing a bow tie, and it turns out a multitude of bow ties mid conversation. Oh, you know what? I kind of make sense because his lip is pouring sweat at this point. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he's sweating through entire yeah, bow ties. Yeah, it was sagging. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, my son does that with bibs, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he thinks he's got such a, a gotcha as well. He's he's got this little smug smile on his face. He's saying, you know, it's it's illegal under like the Geneva Convention or, or whatever it was to patent a naturally occurring thing. So either they've tried to patent the naturally occurring thing, which is illegal, or they created it themselves, which means they've released it, and that's also illegal. So ah, oh, they've done this. Like, no, or they've patented the technology to detect it, which is what the patent says. And we would see that's what it says if the screenshot of the patent didn't have the patent label covering over the bit that explains what's being patented. <laughs> You've superposed the patent number over the bit that says the kit that's used to detect it is what we are patenting here. Also, biotech companies weren't like locked out of trying to also create vaccines for SARS. In fact, they show us Jim Cramer on Mad Money talking about private biotech stocks, <laughs> which kind of fucks up their whole thing. Just don't show us that, whatever. And I also brought my notes that he, he introduced us to his whiteboard theory of what happened. And it's a full whiteboard with like a dateline on it. And it's got Ralph Barrick, Chapel Hill, Bats COVID with an arrow pointed to China slash NC, DARPA, JJ, who I can only assume <laughs> is a reference to Jonathan Jarry. And that's why he's not on the show right now, because he's been Aww. caught out by a pandemic. But it's just I, I was I was hoping to see a crazy conspiracy theory whiteboard in one of these films. I finally got it. I wrote my notes. God, the only thing that could make this better is yarn and pushpins. And we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> they actually, they point out that we gave grant money from the U.S. to a place that had Wuhan in the title. And then he like <laughs> draws a line and dry erase marker to the word Wuhan and circles it. Yeah, technically not a pushpins and yarn, but, you know, we're going to literally <laughs> do that later. Yes, we are. So apparently they're done with that point about SARS and we're going to meet with Meryl Nass, who is also technically a doctor, I think. <laughs> so, Marsh, do you want to tell the story behind Meryl Nass? Because it's sad. I'm sad about Meryl Nass being in this movie. Oh, so I don't know the story behind Meryl Nass. I looked at her website a little bit, but I don't know much about it. So, so please enlighten us. Yeah. All right. So here's a knock-knock joke. So Meryl Nass can't sue us. Uh, <laughs> Meryl Nass actually <laughs> was one of the first people to detect like modern germ warfare. When she was working as a doctor, she found it in like a place where people were being used on civilians and it's absolutely terrible and stuff like that. And that would, again, knock, knock, who's there, drive her fucking crazy. So now as we she's, she's reporting from her massage table to tell us about how COVID-19 <laughs> is probably also germ warfare, which wow. again, I don't really, it's like if that trucker who got dragged out of his truck during the LA riots was put on to talk about car safety. I feel like Meryl Nass is a little <laughs> bit biased in her opinions there. Right. But who benefits from this plot? 
Like, she's claiming that the U.S. and China combined forces to create a global pandemic on purpose. Like, the two largest economies in the world conspired to destroy the world economy and yeah. kill people in large numbers from both countries. I, I don't even understand what she was trying to say. Yeah, and she <laughs> says, uh, you know, there are some experts who say it isn't man-made, but she says they're obviously wrong. Doesn't tell us why they're wrong, but goes on to say it's therefore obvious that somebody made them publish this stuff saying it's not man-made. And then someone made everybody else write articles about how this isn't man-made. And she's saying, so who's, who's making them do that? She's literally saying, on the one hand, there's them and all of mainstream science. And on the other hand, there's me. So someone must be paying all of them to disagree with me. That is the <laughs> point she's making here. Right. I have my evidence. I won't ever tell you it, but uh, I have a massage table behind me. So you know I can be taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> right. And at this point, I thought she would explain what's wrong with all those studies that say, COVID-19 is not, in fact, manufactured. Yeah. But then it was like, and seen. Which, which means either she didn't do that and we moved on, or she did do that and the film decided it, was, it would make their argument stronger not to include her reasons for why she believed the thing she said. <laughs> it, like, it just wasn't baddie enough. I yeah. didn't think it felt <laughs> baddie enough. So. It didn't make it past the pandemic lawyers, and that says a fucking <laughs> lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they cut away from her so we don't get any questions answered. And now they're going to talk with uh, the old man from Up, <laughs> Professor <laughs> Luc Montagnier. Oh, my God. Luc oh. Montagnier is a portrait of Ben Shapiro that's been aging instead of him. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a distasteful ventriloquist dummy of Benjamin Button. It's really... <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> I think he looks like if you left a Rice Krispie in the bowl too long to go soggy and then put a wig on it. He's got that kind yes. of look about his face. And he's got the most ludicrous comb over I have ever seen. I've, I've had to screenshot it and zoom in and include that in my notes because there's a point in this, in, in, in this picture of him where his hair, his comb over starts at the side of his hair and then sweeps up into the front of his side parting. And I, was, I found myself going frame by frame through the footage of him like it was the fucking Zapruder film. Like, <laughs> like his hair is going up and to the left, up and to the left. <laughs> Tim, we're going to need you to take this and put it on the Facebook page. The truth is out there. Teach the controversy. Oh, it makes no sense. His hair is non-Euclidean. Like it, uh, there's no way to describe it, but I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like often used by homeopaths as proof that water does have a memory. And I can understand why, because the top of his head has only the memory of hair. It still retains, okay. retains a memory of hair. <laughs> I mean, no, no offense, guys. <laughs> I remember my hair. So he, he's on the news and the reporter actually asked him a great question that I had in my head, too. Like, why the fuck would the U.S. and China team up to invent a disease? What would be the purpose of that? And Luc Montagnier is just like, yeah, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> well, no follow up questions, please. <laughs> he gets all pissy about it. He's like, oh, get out of my house. You're on news being interviewed. <laughs> You didn't think anyone would ask you the question, why? I am a truth speaker. Good day, sir. <laughs> Hang up the camera. <laughs> and then Mickey Willis comes back in to just add a little narrative to this and complain that suddenly, out of nowhere, people are doing fact-checking and it's ruining the internet. <laughs> and now we're going to get uh, a stock footage time-lapse shot I didn't even understand. Like, I don't know what they were going for. This is about the problem of fact-checking. I guess we were getting like a, 
a speed shot of all the fact-checking. Yes. And now we're going to get an entire segment on the problem of fact-checking. Yeah, he says the pace of the modern world. So while he's saying pace of the modern world, you see a woman stood still with like time-lapse everyone walking past it because, oh, the modern world's so fast. But he says the pace of the modern world makes it nearly impossible for working people to research the events and policies that shape their lives. And I'm like, yeah, right. That's the entire problem with this movie is people don't have the time to research and fact check for themselves because of the pace of the modern world. So they listen to bullshit artists like you, Mickey. That is the business model of London Real and Mickey Willis. (laughs) That is correct. Yeah. (laughs) So they complain some more that they got banned from the internet and then they tell us to Google their movie on the internet. Oh, there's a really small moment while he's Googling because Google does the thing where it autofills suggestions based on your like your search history. Right. So as he's typing in pandemic, he, it, we see his autofill suggestions are PlayStation, Planet Fitness, Planned Parenthood and Panda <laughs> Express. That is the window <laughs> into his mind. I get it. I get it. You buy the kid a PlayStation, you get a Planet Fitness, you look too good, Planned Parenthood. I, I, I'm just All saying, right. I follow the logic. You know what? I need some general sauce chicken. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. the whole point of this is like, yeah, if you look us up on Google, literally none of the quote unquote news sites or even websites that agree with us or are willing to show our movie show up. Yeah. yeah. He's annoyed that the Internet is filled with people proving out how wrong he is. And so he puts that in the movie. All these shots of people <laughs> saying how wrong amazing. he is. Amazing. And the point is like, well, people hear things and then they don't check with experts and they just repeat it. Like, we might as well be watching the birthing video for this movie. And he doesn't realize that he's saying that. Yeah, he says that in today's copy-paste journalism, it's common for hundreds of outlets to publish the exact same report. This is not a result of laziness, it's by design. And I, I took issue with this because, number one, these were not all the exact same reports. You're showing us them while you're saying that, and we can see these are different <laughs> people saying exactly. different things about you. It's not the result of design. I literally teach a class at university for journalism students about this. It's not about design. But your whole fucking movie is a copy and paste documentary. Like you are just <laughs> taking st- stuff you've seen somewhere else and just pasting it straight into the film and fact checking nothing at all. You are the worst example of the thing you're saying is bad. And, and the claim is that Google has too much power. And I'm like, yes, but definitely not for whatever fucking reason you're about to say. <laughs> right. Google might have too much power, but definitely not over you, Mickey Willis. Not <laughs> over you. Sorry, let me just bing pandemic. Yep. <laughs> still a bunch of scientists explaining how you're liars. Yep. Uh, Lycos? Yep. Still on Lycos, too. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the importance of credible sources... Now we cut over to Ted Cruz and he's 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 questioning people in in a Congress hearing about how the Internet can mess with democracy. Like, sorry, I was just choking on some irony. Got it down the wrong pipe. Ted Cruz was doing that. Oh, it shows an article here about the Google blacklist, an article written by Paul Joseph Watson. So, you Mm -hmm. know, the story's good. Yep. The flag guy from Infowars uh, (laughs) says that Google could manipulate voting to cost Trump the election. Oh, God. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And we get some examples, by the way. This is where we get the Google whistleblower, which is just some guy who got fucking fired. Yes. But he explained that he went inside Google to the real search engine, you know, the one that has all the celebrity boobs on it. And the Google blacklist has things like <laughs> cancer cure. Yeah. He was the first genius to figure out if you Google Google, you get all their dirty secrets. <laughs> 
oh, but the thing is, you know, Google blacklist things like Cancer Cure, fine, right? But as someone who's literally spent the last five or 10 years of my working life trying to get Google to do that, I can promise you their blacklist <laughs> is nothing to be scared of. Like last week, I literally had to have a conversation with Google in the UK about someone advertising how to cure cancer using Google ads. They were paying Google in order to appear in the Google search at the top to say, hi, Ugh. we can cure your cancer. Like that blacklist is not doing its job. It's nothing to be scared of. But you know what is something to be scared of? Snopes. Snopes. (laughs) And I am, look, I've seen this takedown of Snopes that we're about to talk about dozens of times. I am so excited to talk about this argument for the first time on this show because (laughs) it is, one, the best ad hominem I've ever seen people just casually use over and over again, but also because it just has nothing to do with Snopes. (laughs) No. Absolutely nothing. He starts by being like, well, guess what Snopes was using? Google, Bing, (laughs) Lycos. And then goes straight to the ad hominem of uh, pointing out that the the Snopes guy, the guy who founded it, the guy and his wife, the guy, the husband, hired a prostitute at some point, and that's part of their divorce. Yep. That was it. That's the whole argument. Mm -hmm. You want to know what the problem with Snopes is? One of their founders had sex with a sex worker. Yeah. Maybe. And one of the people who he hired for Snopes used to be a, an escort and had photos taken of her. And the message of this film is, remember, kids, if anyone's ever taken a naked photo of you, your opinion on vaccines is invalid. Now, let's listen to what Jenny McCarthy <laughs> has to say about vaccines. <laughs> and his biggest problem with Snopes, besides that guy had a prostitute at some point, Snopes said that Judy Mikovits was jailed with a charge. Which she was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and then he's like, "Well, hold on, let's ask this guy. Am I lying about this?" And the guy's like, "Nope." What about this guy? Am I lying? Nope. Okay, that's settled. <laughs> but I don't even know who those guys were. They just did like literally just enough, like one second for a guy to be like, "Not lying." Yeah, Done. I think they were writers, uh, researchers, uh, educators, activists. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was trying to figure out what language trick they're playing here because they're very clearly doing a like it's actually hoops the bell tolls or whatever (laughs) but i never quite realized it is but like let me remind our audience that i am perfectly allowed to say there is no pending legal action against puzzle and a thunderstorm llc that's a sentence i'm allowed to say (laughs) it leaves a lot of stuff out i say that (laughs) willy-nilly and just to be clear she definitely got charged with felony crimes yeah and that's why she was put in yeah, jail. Yeah, and they will show us later. In fact, the charges got dropped. What got dropped if there weren't charges? <laughs> mm-hmm. They show the same image. This is the closest I can get to what this might be. They show the same image of a blank spot on a warrant. So I think they might be saying that like someone forgot to sign Form 53B and therefore none of the charges that were ever put against her were valid. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I don't know because I've not seen the actual kind of forms themselves, but that's what it sounded like a lot to me. The way they keep very specifically wording it, and they'll come back to it to that like throughout this uh, this movie, very specific wordings of how she was kind of arrested. There's not many formulations of the sentence around her arrest that you could you could say, I think, and it'd still be right. So I, I think that's what it is. I think there's a very specific formulation of the sentence they've got, which is technically correct but utterly meaningless. Right, and just to be clear. Yeah, the charges did eventually get dropped, but 
because she gave back the stuff she stole yeah. after being a fugitive for a second and getting forced to give it back. Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, all right, we'll drop the charges. You gave the stuff back. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And the thing is, so so this is all kind of on, on why Snopes can't be trusted. But the thing is, this is only Snopes, right? And it, they're not the only fact checker out there. They're saying this one fact checker can't be right about us because there have been some allegations about them. Yeah, but other fact checkers have said you're full of shit. I mean, like this show has pointed out that pandemic is full of shit. And so, you know, come at us, you know, and by, by us, I mean, Puzzling the Thunderstorm LLC for whom I merely occasionally freelance. Uh, two votes, Marsh, two votes. Being sued by Plandemic is the best business plan we could make all year. Please sue us, Plandemic. Please, please, please. I'll say you eat tiny pieces of poop, whatever it yeah. takes. And Marsh makes a good point. Um, Snopes is not the only fact checker. There are two. PolitiFact is the other one. Oh, three. Google. Those are the three. So they, they <laughs> debunk PolitiFact here now, too, by just saying that. They don't even have, like, an argument against PolitiFact. They're like, PolitiFact is owned by Pointer, which gets money donated to it by Google. Therefore, they're liars. <laughs> Done. And apparently PolitiFact checked that lady who is like, COVID's not batty enough and said that maybe she's wrong and the rest of science is right. Yeah. yeah well, it's <laughs> it's even broader than that because they say, you know, PolitiFix said that the claim that nobody created coronavirus was false, but did they count literally anything to do with coronavirus? No. <laughs> Plus they work with the WHO. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, and sorry, I, I actually forgot to mention there is a, one more fact checker called Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. So they're going to fact check the fact checker called Wikipedia. And they're so mad about it. They're just like, do you guys know that they just let random people write stuff into this <laughs> fact checker? <laughs> they, they have the same opinion as Wikipedia as your shitty social studies teacher from sixth grade. No, you've got to use the school library. Go down and meet the schizophrenic lady who's going to hand you a beige card for where the book isn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And this is basically, he's hes so annoyed Wikipedia in particular because Alexa keeps calling bullshit on his main witness. If yes! you ask Alexa what she thinks. Oh, Alexa brutally roasting Judy Miscovitz is the show that I'm here for. We should ask her to guess on an episode. <laughs> but the thing is, it's this, so is good. this is where I start to think more and more, what did this film look like until he released that first clip and got that feedback? Because all of this stuff he's talking about has happened since then. Like, what does he cut out of the film to make way for the nah stuff that we're currently seeing? <laughs> it's great. They actually show us a demonstration of that happening. Somebody being like, Alexa, who is Judy Mikovits? And then Alexa reads straight from the beginning of her Wikipedia article. The, Alexa might as well be like, uh, according to Wikipedia, you should stop watching the movie you're watching. I know you're watching Plandemic or Plandemic 2. She, boop, boop. She's a big liar whose hair looks like it was applied by someone who usually makes fuck dolls for old ladies. Boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> and then this might be my favorite part of the movie. I think Mickey Willis gets like personally angry that he can't delete the part of his yeah! Wikipedia article yes. that says he's a liar? <laughs> oh, sure. It's an open source website, but now it's open source unless you go to your own page, which I have done, and try to lie on it, which I have done. <laughs> they, they fucking locked my account, man. I'm clicking on the lock button. I'm Yes, I double clicked on it. It's, I can't do anything. 
He's oh, so mad. It's so great because he's he's also pointing out like uh, you know it, it calls you know me and it calls Judy Mikovich you know discredited scientist and accused of scientific mis- scientific misconduct with no proof. It's like, yeah, Mickey, mate, do you know what those little numbers in brackets mean after <laughs> claims like discredited scientists? Because you can follow that and find out a lot of interesting stuff. It's also like the, 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 all the Wikipedia has all these anonymous donors. Ooh, you know, it's suspicious. Why would an organization that literally constantly runs a banner ad saying, please give us money to keep us going, why would that place have so many donors? It's, it's a complete mystery. <laughs> Well, how do we know none of those little numbers in the brackets fucked a hooker, Marsh? You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Mickey Willis is going to try to call up the customer service department at Wikipedia, maybe get in touch with Jimmy Wales (laughs) and uh, lodge a complaint. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more censored content that's free on the Internet. (laughs) And so I said, do you mean fat in a good way or a bad way? What? What? Why? Well, s- some people mean it in a good way. Sometimes, hey, sometimes it's a bad way. guys, uh, it's crazy. I was just reading. Do you know that Iran has more nuclear material than the United States? Wow, you, um, you don't say. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that's true. Iran more yeah, than like, the now, United States. Now I think about it. Yeah, that that doesn't sound right at all, Eli. Oh, uh, Marsh Heath used to be a lunch lady. What? Okay. Yeah, you had to wear the little hat and everything. It's it's called a hairnet. It's well, I, I, I didn't know that. What does me being a lunch lady have to do with how much nuclear material Iran has? Yeah, says the lunch lady. Yeah, he's got you there, Heath. No, what? No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't have me anywhere. Okay, look, I just Googled it. Iran's nuclear program has <laughs> definitely... A lunch let, lady hat probably had to wear an apron too. <sighs> yeah, like, honestly, Heath, just, just let Eli finish. Seriously? Thank you, Marsh. Anyway... My point is, Iran is using their nuclear material to make their citizens into mutants that they can use to invade us. Huh, you don't say. Yeah. I hate you guys. Welcome to the barbershop. Can I... Oh, hey. Hey, Eli. How's it going? Frankie. How's it going, man? Ah, not bad. Not bad. So, uh, what can I do for you today? Well, Frankie, I was hoping you'd take a look at this. Seriously? I'm going to have to ban you again? No, you, no, you know no. the rules. Frankie, Frankie, it's not that. I want your help shaving my balls, you know? I want to keep my downstairs looking no, neat no, and tidy. No, 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 no. no we, we don't do that here. Uh, you should try Manscaped, though. What's Manscaped? Oh, Manscaped? They offer the best in down-there grooming. Uh, also, you, you can go ahead and pull your pants up. Oh, okay, yep, sorry. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. The ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your fellas down low. Plus, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, and it comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, uh, in the dark, or, or, or even in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. All right, that seems like a weird self-imposed challenge, but that's good to know. Thank you, Frankie. Yeah, uh, on their website... You'll also find the the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. Ooh, I do get swamp ass, Frankie. Yeah, you you do. I I can tell when you dropped your pants just now. So here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off and free shipping with the code AWFUL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code AWFUL. 
It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Thanks, Frankie. I'll give it a go. So uh, since I'm here, how about a haircut? Sounds good. Dude, what? What? A guy can't get comfortable while he gets his hair cut? We just say. Shave my front trunk? <laughs> that, that is the last thing I said. That's true. Okay, that's and we're back. And now that we're done fact checking all the fact checkers, <laughs> there are four. Google Snopes, PolitiFact, <laughs> Wikipedia. They're debunked now. And now we're going to hear from uh, Lip Sweat Dave and his bow tie some more. <laughs> I'm disappointed he's back in the same bow tie we've already seen. Come on, Dave. I expect uh, at this point, a con <laughs> I expect every time we cut to him for him to have a slightly different bow tie at this point. Nothing less than that is going gonna, is gonna to impress me. No, oh. He ran it through the dryer. It's uh, de-sweated. <laughs> you you got to subscribe to his OnlyFans if you want to see all the bow ties, Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the point they're making here in this section is that science was wrong about something in 1950. Therefore, uh, Marsh and Fauci did COVID. That's, that's <laughs> it. And look, I know it's not funny. And I know DTT was actually like a huge problem, but like, 1950s, come on, you sprayed it on people while they were eating lunch? There has to be a middle ground here. <laughs> All the footage from the 1950s is just like kids mixing it into their fucking milkshakes. And the, the thing about that whole science was wrong at one point in, the, in the, the past. Whenever that's used as a gambit, it's never used by the people who were right in why science is wrong. Or science had been wrong. Science not was the once. thing that proved science wrong, not you bunch of bullshit artists. <laughs> exactly. So they show us a bunch of kids in giant clouds of DDT, which was apparently recommended by the U.S. Yep, government. being consumed by the fog, uh, just disappearing into the fog. Yeah, yeah. And then they bring up the swine flu thing, and they, they get confused by their own narrative here. It's like, remember when there wasn't a giant swine flu epidemic that killed millions? Fuck, okay. Let me start over. Uh, okay, but the shot. Some vaccines had, had side effects in the past. <laughs> Yeah, their, their swine flu argument is swine flu was a killer, so people were vaccinated instead. And this simultaneously proves that swine flu wasn't a killer, that vaccines don't work, and that respiratory viruses aren't really a big deal. It's proving all those things, like three things at once somehow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they show us some guy at the CDC, like, dropping a little vial of something in like 1986 <laughs> and being like, look, they just drop stuff. That's the same <laughs> CDC that allegedly did not kill millions of people by creating COVID-19 on purpose. This is, yeah. this is also where they show the sign, the clip of everyone in their medicine spacesuits and they're so funny looking and the two, I'm sure very important people in those suits are like, please, Take these very seriously. I am holding AIDS right now. Don't, stop tickling me. Stop tickling me. I know it's very funny looking, but you can't can't tickling me while I hold the AIDS. Uh, and there's there's just a little moment as well. It's a really small thing, but they say about how people are just at home like scrolling their phones and and, and this kind of thing. And so they've got stock footage of someone scrolling on their phone. But again, I paused that stock footage and they were ordering a burger. That's what that stock footage was all. <laughs> some of the options were like, remove cherry pepper, remove the shack sauce, add a pickle. You know, it's, it's one pound, it's $1.79 for extra bacon in, in this particular piece of footage. Good to know. But they're trying to say that the lockdown was made in order to keep people in their homes so that they can't learn about politics right now. Like this ruined all the 
autodidactic political scientists who just learn on the streets. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, if you keep people at home, their only source of information is what you create for them, says this online distributed viral misinformation movie. (laughs) Yeah. He also says that the only thing people have access to is these, um, you know, conspiracy blower uppers. Uh, and I wrote in my notes, Marsh, if you don't get business cards that say conspiracy artist blower upper, you are missing out. And then I thought, never mind. And I bought conspiracyblowerupper.com and I forwarded it to marshdidcovid.com. So that is a thing, conspiracyblowerupper.com. Excellent. I'm going to go away and uh, update my LinkedIn immediately. <laughs> And I guess, speaking of learning about politics, there's a guy named Plato. Maybe you've heard of him. (laughs) Banned from the internet by Google. Plato said, those who tell the stories rule society. Yeah, but Plato also believed in like the ideal form of chairness and in Atlantis. (laughs) So, you know, we can take Plato with a pinch of salt. Yeah, And he introduces this section by going... Since the printing press, people have fought to control information. I love the idea that the, not before then, during medieval France, they really had a really open information system going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do a good deal of yada yada fast forwarding here. They go from that and then they're like, uh, John Rockefeller invented propaganda in 1880. I don't know if you guys heard about that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, that's enough about Rockefeller. Have you heard of the CIA? Oh, well, the thing about the, on the Rockefeller, it's like he's got the the Rockefeller owns the media, and like if you guys are ca- going to carry on doing non-Christian movies, you need some new bingo cards. And Jewish <laughs> money owns the media, absolutely has to be on there. Oh, that's oh yeah, Center Square Church yeah. Committee definitely on the conspiracy movie bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then they immediately transition to the CIA, and they show us uh, what's it, Operation Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And we're watching literally the, the same thing that we watched a few weeks ago from Out of Shadows about this CIA thing, which is true, but has nothing to do with their point. <laughs> yeah, it was like the CIA were funding journalists. And I mean, to, to be honest, these days, if you've got a paid job in the newspapers, who cares if it's the CIA that's doing the funding? Because it's either that or just work for Exposia. There's no other <laughs> source of income in that industry right now. Yeah, it's really hard when the CIA is having to write listicles for BuzzFeed. That's really that's how far they fall. <laughs> right. Ten signs you should adjust your webcam so I can see your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the, the entire point is that the CIA was feeding stories to journalists. Yes, that was true. Doesn't really relate to, you know, us creating COVID on purpose. But at this point, I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, well, I uh, watched out of shadows this movie doesn't transition into Hillary's pedophile cabal. That's just like bad movie making. That's like a good third act for you guys. Well, uh, I'm not going to spoil it. We'll find out if they get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also bring up, of course, the MK Ultra program, which again, yeah, happened. Yeah. CIA is bad and, and therefore COVID-19 is a hoax. I, I don't know how <laughs> this is working. Right. Now. right. Like the CIA created COVID so they could, vaccinate us with LSD? I, I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is getting into late night fight in a relationship that should probably be over levels of random. It's just like, and then, and then on my birthday, three years ago, you danced with that other guy. And I don't know. I just, I, I've never been able to get over it. You caused COVID. My <laughs> grandfather. Still. But uh, th- this is where they go into the whole thing about uh, all the corporations own us and they control all the information. It's Google and it's all the other media companies and all of Hollywood and oh, we're they're oh, all in on it. 
Is this where Nancy Pelosi is explaining this movie and the problem yes. with Trump? <laughs> but but they act like she's dictating the game plan to the Democrats. Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is literally looking into the camera and she's like, look, if you say some bullshit and then you assholes report on the bullshit that Orange Man says, then I have to act like it's a thing we should talk about because you're fucking talking about it. So don't show this. If you're watching a clip of this right now, it's bad. Don't watch this clip. <laughs> Fuck God. Uh, but like all of the corporate, all the media corporations that they sh throw up to show that they're all part of the same media empire, want, they, sh they show loads of them. But some of them, it's like they put up BBC Radio One, which is kind of like BBC's youth radio. Like I'm, I'm like 20 years too old to listen to Radio One, but their news output is negligible, and it's not really like the the industry leading side of journalism. They also put up the Guardian as part of their empire, which it comprehensively isn't. It's trust owned, and BuzzFeed as if BuzzFeed didn't just shit can 90% of their journalism staff and completely gut their offices. Yeah. Also, Amazon is uh part of this somehow they're they're trying to make less of their employees die with masks and stuff we get an evil montage of them having masks <laughs> and like okay like if amazon created covid-19 that actually makes some sense i'm a little bit back on board by that theory <laughs> but I, I don't think that's what they were saying yeah i mean if this if this film pivoted to criticisms of amazon bullshitting about how safe and healthy they keep their employees i'd be 100% in from here on in yeah, I was going <laughs> right. to say, yeah. of all the anti-Amazon arguments, pretty much the only one that's not true is they created COVID-19 <laughs> to drop, exactly. drive up their sales. They would have if they could put that into Prime somehow. They would oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, you get that radio that no one listens to and you don't get COVID. Everyone's signing up for Prime that week. Free delivery from Whole Foods. Are you fucking kidding me? And then uh, dovetailing with that whole Nancy Pelosi thing, they start complaining that there's an entire industry that goes after whistleblowers like them to smear them. And then they show us some of the like intellectual luminaries again that are on their team, in their opinion. They show us Stella Emanuel, the demon sperm doctor. Oh, oh yeah. who that was. Yep. Wow. That's who that was. And I'll admit that's a great segue from the line about a smear campaign. But other than that, that's just nonsense. <laughs> and then they complain that comedians made fun of them. Yes. Yeah. It's like they run through like, all the different late night comedian talk show folk in the kind of look at them. They're all following the same script. And weirdly, they don't show like Tucker Carlson, Janine Pirro, Sean no. Hannity, any of the interchangeable <laughs> foxes all saying exactly the same thing. It's like it's only bad when it's being done by the side you disagree with. Funny that. <laughs> right. This is also where they slip in their beaches defense. So mm -hmm. again, Heath, I know we filled you in at the beginning, but quick reminder, Miskovitz in the in the 20 minute trailer that didn't make it into this movie very clearly makes the claim that like, oh, they're trying to close down the beaches, but everyone should go to the beach. The beach is what cures COVID. So what they've changed that argument to now is going to the beach isn't bad for you. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Maybe it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like John Oliver dismissed the idea that a beach can boost our immune system, says the film before offering nothing to prove why that idea shouldn't be dismissed. <laughs> that movie, you've had two opportunities to prove this. Give it a go. <laughs> and, and also don't show John Oliver. You know, he's basically a UK skeptic. Had he not defected, he would have been on our, he'd have been one of us. We'd have been like buddies. He'd have been in the group. It's, it's like when a football club has their youth talent poached by a bigger club. It's just sad. <laughs> like, he could have been our star. Uh, number nine, but you've you've stolen him. I, but I mean, 
like if I step on a needle at a Jersey Shore beach with vaccine in it, maybe that how that's boosting my <laughs> immune system. I don't know what they're going for there. Oh, they also show that do this thing where they where they say, well, showing a more extreme thing is a way of setting the tone so that anything follows will be seen through a lens of absurdity. Like, for example, that time we just showed you 1950s footage of kids choking on DDD. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to conclude this section in, again, probably the center square of conspiracy theory bingo. A clip from Network. (laughs) A movie that is about an exploitation of a man's mental illness. And then he dies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, fingers crossed, Mickey Willis. See what happens. (laughs) Yeah. If you see any stained glass windows, Mickey, go towards the light. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, we go back to 1979 when Congress passed the Bayh-Dole Act to reform the patent system. Apparently, we allowed recipients of federal funding to get a patent and be able to make profit on their thing. And part of this is that Pfizer is getting billions of dollars for creating the COVID vaccine. And I'm like, hey, they can make a big profit off their vaccines. I can't think of a thing that's more valuable to me right now. <laughs> Fucking go for it. Right. <laughs> also a weird plan. Like Congress was like, okay, 1979 patent thing, nailed it. And now we wait. <laughs> yes. In 40 years when we poison the globe via China, this is going to pay off huge for Anthony Fauci. Oh, uh. <laughs> And all of this patent stuff, it's still, it's its David telling the patent story. We keep cutting to lots of nodding heads of uh, Mickey Willis, who increasingly looks like Paul Hollywood from the Great British Baking Show. He's got that kind of <laughs> exact same look. Every time we cut to him, his head seems to be getting taller and taller as well. I don't know what's <laughs> happening with Mickey there. Why did Mickey Willis choose to dye the sides of his head, but not his hair or beard? <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does the goatee on like buzzer number nine and then the beard itself on buzzer number one. It's crazy looking. (laughs) He looks like somehow he was dyed in a stripe. You know how you do like Easter eggs with paws as a kid? That's how it looks like he dyes his beard. (laughs) And and the thing about David, the tax slash patent guy with a bow tie, as he's talking, he seems to have the kind of comprehensionless eyes of a baby. And my new theory is that Eli's son got bigged by a mechanical genie and is now playing a patent guy who thinks he knows pandemics. That's the only way I can explain the eyes and the, 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 the things that he just clearly has no comprehension of, of that are happening around him. All right, Marsh, my son has way more comprehension than <laughs> David the weird patent scammer does. I'm very insulted. I bet this guy doesn't even like the frog song. And well, in fairness, they both look equally adorable in a bow tie. And that's the that's important true. thing. That is true. <laughs> And they're both in this movie. <laughs> and to go back to the patent thing, they, they cut over to an interview with Bill Gates here. And the reporter asks Bill Gates, should vaccine companies that, that get federal funding be allowed to profit? And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get the answer from Bill Gates here. And scene. No, we're absolutely <laughs> not. He literally says zero words. They show Bill Gates say nothing there. Yeah, we, we smash cut to a Statue of Liberty as his answer. Amazing. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and from there, we're going to transition back to event 201. That's that oh, simulation yeah. the Gates Foundation was involved in from October of 2019 about how to deal with a pandemic involving a respiratory virus. Oh, yeah. So the thing about this is they talked just 
a moment ago, like Bill Gates and people are saying, you know, like by the end of 2020, we've got to be prepared for something bad. And that something bad is something that's super likely bad. And therefore, this whole thing is a conspiracy. And for me, that just sounds a bit like, you know, going to a live gam and saying, right, in advance, prepare yourself for Eli's balls to be uncomfortably visible. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make you complicit in Eli's balls. It just means there is an almost certain chance of Eboz 2 and Eboz 3 being on shore. <laughs> Eboz 1 obviously being his penis. Any other number would just yeah. be weird. You wouldn't right. number the testicles before the penis. That would be strange. All right. I feel judged now. Eli's <laughs> madly scrolling his, his list of the numbering system, yeah. changing it right now. Also, now you've destroyed my plan for my outfit for QED 2024. So he's <laughs> wrecked it. Don't make me do another pandemic to cancel QD just to avoid that, Eli. <laughs> and part of the evidence here that this Gates simulation w was part of a conspiracy is that both Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates said to prepare for an epidemic as early as 2015. Like Gates said something in 2015 and Fauci said something in 2017. It, like it's not a mentalism trick. There were <laughs> pandemics before that. What the fuck? Well, what's fun about this is both us and the people who made this movie are yelling the same sentence with very different meanings. We're both like, they fucking knew. They fucking knew. And Mickey Willis is they like, knew. they fucking knew. They fucking knew. Yeah. And they're making a deal about the people who were at like event 201 who were like, oh, world leaders and people who were like head of the CDC. So obviously the people you'd want to run a prep event for, for a pandemic would be the people who'd be involved in a real event. If you ran event 201 with like, three taxi drivers and a Belgian recruitment consultant. You'd be preparing the wrong people. <laughs> oh, I will say, though, probably the saddest part of this section is where Event 201 guesses that a whopping 49% of people will take the fucking vaccine. And I'm like, oh, you beautiful optimists. You beautiful, beautiful <laughs> nope. optimists. And the, the plan, though, is to create COVID-19, but also prepare the world to deal with that evil plan. Yeah. That's what they did here. Oh, I just wish, I mean, I know we've kind of been over this, but I wish in Event 201 there was a simulation that included a film where they'd said, and this guy who looks like Paul Hollywood's evil twin will actively spread misinformation and cause more people to be killed. I'm looking at you, Mickey Willis. You bellend. I'm looking at you. You're going to put this in your film, aren't you? It almost does that, though. Like, they came close to doing that in the simulation, and they showed us that earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Came really close. And then they end this segment with the question... Why didn't the world listen to the recommendations of Event 201? And I was like, this fucking movie! Because of this movie that I'm watching right now. Yeah, we're yeah. Again, we're yelling the same sentence. Why didn't the world listen to the Events 201? Yes. Ah. And he, he also like asks why Facebook hasn't done more to protect people from, th from the pandemic. And so, yeah, the American dream, small government, because an app that was designed to help nerds identify girls from their class can be better relied on to sort out health infrastructure than the people you've elected. <laughs> Oh, and from there, we fast forward to April of 2020 with Bill Gates being like, all right, well, <laughs> hate to say I told you so. Uh, somebody make a documentary of lies about this by any chance? Is I can't believe might have happened. I can't believe I'm defending Bill Gates. I'm <laughs> I have to defend Bill Gates being like, yeah, I mean, honestly, you guys are dumber than I possibly could have imagined <laughs> or have planned for with uh, truly unearthly amounts of money, ridiculous <laughs> amounts of money I had no business having is what I've spent to try to prevent this. But <laughs> your, your shitty uncle, he outdid me. He outdid me. 
<laughs> and then we get Mickey Willis back, and he says, Event 201, by the way, was not the only time that science prophesized the future. <laughs> Those were his exact words. And I was like, wow, they really think science is a mentalism trick. Like, they really think it's trick. It's not that it can predict the future with science because of predictable results. Nope. Yeah, no, he, he literally thinks that Anthony Fauci is like, right, if you just look under your chair, you'll find an envelope and in it, pandemic <laughs> 2020. Uh, just do me a favor, don't look under the next guy's chair or the next guy's chair. I def- There's only one envelope, there's only one chair, I promise. <laughs> okay, everybody space out the chairs more. That's, that's my fault. <laughs> but apparently in 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation, Rockefeller by the way, Jew. they also did a simulation <laughs> that said this would happen. <laughs> and what I love about this is that they're, what they're actually citing is like a scenario book of ways to control pandemics. And the one that they they mention where it's like, oh, you know, the, everything gets locked down and the cops have to arrest people in their homes and they fucking inject your baby in the eyeball as soon as it comes out of your poontang. It's in there like, hey, we shouldn't fucking do this part of their report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that that report that they show us again, they show us in their movie. They don't watch their own dailies. I don't know. They show us that Rockefeller Foundation report. And it basically said, like, yeah, people are stupid and they're going to elect like right wing fascists and uh, they think science is fake. Uh, They're going to make a pandemic way worse. (laughs) No idea what they've shown in their own movie. Also. They're saying that the World Health Organization, of course, is evil and Mm -hmm. created by Big Pharma because Big Pharma doesn't make enough money. So they needed to make this other thing to boost their sales. Yeah. And I love the evidence that the World Health Organization is so evil is because they've got a large travel budget, which (laughs) you might think that's weird, except they're not the local health organization or even the regional (laughs) health organization. (laughs) Like They've got to to travel around the entire of the world there. (laughs) They also point out here that the new head of the WHO isn't even a doctor. (laughs) Tedros, Tedros, Tedros. (laughs) Adnaham, Adnaham, Adnaham. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought to myself at this point, like, oh, they, they hired a medical outsider, you know, drain the swamp. I feel like <laughs> people who made this movie would be into that, but no. Apparently he's also a war criminal, this guy. Is he? Is that true? Mm, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know a lot about the Tigray Liberation Front, which they say was like a terrorist organization, but I do know that this filmmaker has already proven that he's willing to say things over unrelated footage. So I'm not confident that the things that we're seeing in the background <laughs> yeah. are actually like the head of the WHO actively killing people at that point. But like, how does a man with a past such as this get that job? Well, if you look into it, in Ethiopia, he was kind of responsible for reducing the amount of AIDS, malaria and TB. So that might be it. But no, it's it's you think it's because he's mates with Bill Gates is the only reason he got the job. That's that's your argument here, Mickey. You know what? They were sharing a 14-year-old on Epstein's child fuck island. And he was like, you, (laughs) you've got a rhythm to you, man. I'm going to make you the head of the WHO. I I don't know. I'm just sensing a vibe here. We should hang. (laughs) Right? I'm kind of back on board. That that does tie together. (laughs) But it just feels like they'd, you know secretly hire the war criminal to consult on their war crimes at the WHO. Like, why not just, you know, hire a regular doctor who's not a war criminal as the the figurehead? I don't know. And they're just they're just trying to show footage of this sad nerd because that's what you are. If you're the head of the HO, right? You're just like, 
We would really like it if everyone would stop fucking the medicine bags we sent. Oh, no, they're <laughs> fucking our medicine bags again. But they show it in black and white, and he's like, please stop you putting all the corn seed we send you up your butt as a magical cure for AIDS. Oh, they put the corn seed up their butt as a magical cure for AIDS. Oh, no. Yeah, and they even go on to say like he was he was backed by China uh, because he, they, they make the point that the, that the, the World Health Organization is a front for Chinese communists is a thing they say and then never kind of talk about again, apart from to say, like to, to show us this one shot, which is the Gates Foundation and the Clinton Foundation logos over a military parade in China. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting that out there. That's that's all we've got. Yeah. Also, these Illuminati are like really bad at their job. Communism isn't exactly crushing it. It's not even communist in China. No. In the, like that they're not. What are you talking about? Well, and I love the idea that the WHO is a front for China, because if that's the case, China, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and by the way, this is where we literally get Yarn and push pins. Oh, yes. so good. I was so, so excited when I saw it. I paused it and, and sent a <laughs> screenshot of it to Nicola. To, I've got pins and string. <laughs> it's like a dangerous amount. Like they have too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, you remember the lady who figured out that COVID-19 is a biological weapon? Mm -hmm. uh, I guess she's going to explain uh, her science here. No, she's not. But she's going <laughs> to talk some more about the WHO. Oh, see, she's going to explain to us that back in the good old days, you used to go to jail for making fake drugs, but now they just charge you a fine. So you make all the fake drugs you want. You just have to, you know, work it into the budget. <laughs> well, yeah, she says we used to put people in jail if they'd lie about medicine. And I was like, yeah, no, no, finish your thought. And now, <laughs> and now those people get kicked off Facebook. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, now we make them pay fine. But like, it feels like we want that fine money more than the jail time, if anything. Like, I want both, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> the fine money, like, helps at least in something. <laughs> this is where we go back to the, the Rockefeller theory that John Rockefeller, at some point, made it illegal in the United States to make medicine from plants. There's no more plant, like, I don't know where they think pharmaceuticals come from, but they're convinced that no more plants are allowed in medicine. And now it's all evil Nazi motor oil and poison. Yes, we literally show Cyclone B at this point. We've gone yep. Hitler. We've done the pushpin thing. We've done the Hitler thing. They also, you know, medicine used for thousands of years was suddenly classified as alternative. It's like, well, yeah, the ones that didn't work were classified as, as alternative yep. to medicines. Yes, <laughs> but like some of them we just said, oh, that works. We're going to just call that medicine now and, and keep that. But what I always love about these kind of claims and these kind of films is, is how obviously flimsy their arguments are when you're outside of the US and outside of the US healthcare system, you know, where there's just not as much money floating around the healthcare system because it's all kind of state healthcare like uh, here in the UK. Communists. Th yeah, exactly. Because we've got this amazing communist uh, healthcare system where we don't have to die of cancer if we uh, aren't millionaires. Um, Backed by China. <laughs> typical. <laughs> but all these films, they all think like the US is everything. So they even say like, well, all they did was just bribe Congress to outlaw quack medicine. I said, like, yeah, but you can't do that in the rest of the world. The AMA has no influence on the rest of the world's medicines. Like your entire worldview crumbles when you actually look beyond your borders at what anybody else is doing. Sorry, rest the blur. You're saying something like rest the world. I don't understand <laughs> the, the, the term you're using there, whatever. Okay, but 
if drugs aren't bad and a production of the Rockefeller Jew Nazi gas, how come medical <laughs> error is the third leading cause of death in America? Oh, this is so annoying. <laughs> this is so annoying. So did you did you, did you like look up the, uh, the 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 study that this is based on? So this was like a, I think a 1990s. I don't have time to look up every lie. It's again, it's like every five seconds, but apparently <laughs> you did. What, what do you got, Marsh? So this one bothered me so much that I did look it up. I think it was like a 2016 study from the BMJ, which was like a meta-analysis of four studies, which is a very small number to do a meta-analysis of. And three of those studies that were looking at medical error caused deaths, cumulatively, those three studies looked at 35 deaths. And none of those studies included any of the most common reasons people go to hospital either. So they didn't include like childbirth or anything like that in there. They were all like other things. So they've just massively overinflated to get to this 250,000 deaths. And further estimates wow. lower that figure by an order of magnitude. Uh, so bringing it from the third highest to like not even in the top 20. Okay. Well, it looks like John Rockefeller ruined the amazing medical culture of the 1880s. Uh <laughs> Yada, yada, yada. Bill Gates is a war criminal. Uh, seems like a great time for one more quick break. But first, let me give act whatever the fuck the hard sell. Will Mickey Willis tie any of that together? Will he hurt himself trying with way too much yarn in his apartment? Why is it Cardi B's fault? Find out the answer to that second question is definitely yes. When we return for the unbingable conclusion of Plandemic 2. In Doctor Nation. Bill Gates stuff. Doing Bill Gates stuff is my favorite stuff. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Gates. Oh uh, yes, minions. Come on in. Oh, okay, it's it's Alan. You can call me Alan. Oh, uh, no name. time, minion. You just cost me four million dollars. Right? Yeah, yeah. You have too much money. Got it. Um. Anyway, this is Michael Marshall from the Merseyside Skeptic Society. Oh, hi, hi there, hi. Ah, yes, your work in suppressing the truth of homeopathy has been excellent. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so listen, it's time to put in action my master plan. First, we will spend literally all the time from 1996 until now telling people that a pandemic is a real and dangerous possibility. Then... I sink hundreds of millions of dollars into vaccines, research, communication tools against said pandemic, and then we release the pandemic. Uh, why? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Oh, wh why am I releasing the pandemic? Or why would I sabotage my own evil plan by preparing the world for said pandemic? Uh, both, I guess? Yeah, yeah, both. Both, I'd say. Aha! Well, something, something, Africa... Something, something, population control. Oh, oh, you're done? Um, Are you aware that you just said literally something, something, Africa, something, something, population control? Those those were your exact words. I, I did? No, you definitely did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The plan didn't just sort of explain itself? It, it did not. Oh, curses. Yeah, didn't didn't explain. Oh, so. oh, oh, one more thing unrelated. Five months before the pandemic, I want to give away my plan in a televised play. A, a televised play? Yeah, you know, every detail just right there in the open in a televised, freely accessible little play. Wow, that is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Yeah, dibs on the president. Though. Dibs on, damn it. All right, you're the president. Also, this conversation cost me $82 million. 
We should eat you. You're sure. It's basically our moral duty to eat you. Yeah, I'm going to eat you. And we're back. When we left off, we were discussing poisonous Nazi monopolies. And speaking of which, now it's time to talk about Microsoft. And uh, I'm back on board again. That's another good segue. Oh, finally, a part of the movie that I can agree with. <laughs> yeah. So we start talking about Bill Gates and his evil, sordid past. Apparently, his dad was a low-level banker. So young Bill learned how to take over the world when he was like five. So it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They very clearly say, you know, Bill Gates didn't build a computer in his garage because his father and his granddad were banking moguls and a prominent lawyer and political lobbyist. Wink, 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 wink. We know what he means by all of those different things. <laughs> and like, look, this stuff about Bill Gates being a terrible, evil businessman, especially to his former partner, this is all true. It's just not proof he caused COVID. No, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely, absolutely. Like, I hate, I hate that I have to defend Bill Gates. And also, like, <laughs> they're like, well, how come he just started giving money to charity? And it's because his wife was like, hey, uh, we got to give a bunch of money to charity or they're going to eat us. So he was like, okay, honey, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they also point out that Microsoft got sued for antitrust violations in the mid-90s, which they did. Mm -hmm. But the point is that, like, Okay, so he, he donated billions that he made from that to, to create a giant charity, but also created COVID-19 for spite because of those <laughs> antitrust hearings? Because he was mad? I invented the double click. Give them COVID. Give them right. COVID. <laughs> right. We also get a quote from Gates here. He apparently said, he did say this. He said that vaccines are the best investment I ever made. But then they cut it. He keeps talking if they had <laughs> continued the quote. He didn't mean like for personal profit. He didn't get more return on investment from vaccines that he gives away than he did on building Microsoft from the ground <laughs> up. He meant value to the world, obviously. Oh, it's so frustrating. The number of times they just take something he said. And to be honest, he does occasionally speak without fully thinking through how what he's saying could be edited in a way to make it look like he's being evil. And he keeps making these kind of gaffes. Uh, quite, he did another one really recently where it was like, ah, Bill, don't don't say that to Stephen Colbert because, you know, some dickhead is going to take that out and just make <laughs> yeah. it look like you're evil, mate. And so they, <laughs> they keep doing that. They keep finding things he said and then just cutting off the end of the sentence or smash cutting to the Statue of Liberty and making <laughs> him look like he's evil. Yeah, they actually use one later. Dude, Bill Gates, don't say, and then we ram a needle into the little kid's <laughs> arm in Africa. It's super fun. Whatever you say after that is not going to be included, even if it's great and somehow digs you out of that hole. Yeah, Just yeah. Don't, don't talk anymore. Like I looked up the full clip of what he was saying there. And he was saying about how like GM foods and GM organizations, like, yeah, it could be bad if that stuff got out, but that's why we need safety mechanisms. It's a bit like in medicine, you know, we inject stuff. We grab a, girl, a, a little girl's arm and inject her with stuff. And that would be really bad if we didn't have safety mechanisms to make sure that what, they, what we were doing was safe. And that's why we have that. <laughs> right. Could, could you say it again, Bill, but just miss out the first and the last bit? Could you just give me those like, I'll say like 10 words in the middle. Can I just have those? They also point out that the Gates Foundation is vertically integrated. And they say it like evil and have like a little uh, little <laughs> piano hit there. That just means the charity is more efficient at being a charity. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean he's cornering the market on charity with integration. That's, not, that's nonsense. 
No, but in fairness, given that his charity is a vaccine charity, by vertically integrated, they mean his charity owns the vaccines and administers the vaccines and owns the disease and spreads the disease. <laughs> and you know, It creates the supply and the demand. Here's what I don't understand. Why would you create COVID? Like if he's planning to, you know, put mind controlling fluoride in vaccines, why not just spike an existing vaccine and just skip the global pandemic? Ooh. I don't understand. Put it in the MMR with the mercury oh. and the autism. Bill is listening to this podcast on his Zoom right now, and he is so mad he didn't think of that. So mad. <laughs> yeah. Or why doesn't he just like release all that mind control stuff from the planes that we'll later find out he's using to block out the sun? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not an exaggeration. We're going to get there in a second. No, it's not. No. Yeah. So, um, audience, you're probably thinking to yourself, uh, that all makes sense, but what does Ronald Reagan have to say about all this? Well, this is where we find out. In 1986, Ronald Reagan got involved. He gave immunity to vaccine manufacturers. When people get hurt by a vaccine, the U.S. taxpayer pays the bill now. <laughs> and yes, that's true. Like, it used to be that we paid the bill for you know, everybody having polio and smallpox, but now <laughs> we we pay for the occasional adverse reaction to a vaccine. That's true. And we should have that. Right. And it's not like it went better for people who were injured by vaccines when they had to like personally sue Pfizer to get their fucking money. <laughs> no. Also, just small detail, kind of big detail, actually. Pharma companies make almost nothing on vaccines. It's like 2% of the industry or something like that. Also, they make $0 on smallpox medicine now. So they're, they're kind of doing that as a favor. But uh, from here, we transition to the theory that Bill Gates tricked all of India into taking a, a, a free cancer vaccine that was fake, I guess. <laughs> I, the way they tell this story, Bill Gates just showed up with needles between his knuckles like Wolverine and just started <laughs> stabbing little girls as he walked his way to his hotel. <laughs> Oh, this whole thing, it, it makes no sense as to why, the, you know, the Gates Foundation would arrive in India. In, in It's not like they sneaked in there. They were pretty, you, you know, when Bill Gates and the, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation rolled into town. So they gave out hundreds of thousands of vaccines. And the plan was to know that they were going to kill people, but give them anyway and make a big song and dance. So everybody was watching while they did it. Like, what are they trying? What do they think the building yes. the were doing here? That's the plan, Marsh. And, and you're probably wondering <laughs> to yourself, audience, OK, so they had this mass poisoning campaign where they went to India. How many millions of people died from this campaign? That's right. Seven. Not seven million, seven. Seven people died in their mass vaccination campaign. Right. right. But it's it's worse than that. Because if you look at the cause of death, and I looked into this, right, of the seven girls who died, you know, every one of those deaths is, is, is awful. But of the seven, one of them drowned in a quarry. Two of them were bitten by snakes. Two of them ingested pesticides. And one of them died from malaria. So if the argument is that being vaccinated from HPV causes snake bites, malaria and drowning, then, yeah, those are things we need to worry about. <laughs> but otherwise, this is why we have like an adverse reporting system for vaccines. You write down every single bad thing that happens to anybody after you've been vaccinated and you figure out whether there's a pattern. But that pattern isn't, oh, it turns out everyone we vaccinated goes off and drowns in a quarry. We must have actually injected them with the need to go and swim in a quarry <laughs> part of the vaccine that we meant to take out. Did we okay. inject everyone with a bunch of 
quarry magnets. No? Okay, so you know what? We'll just write that one down. <laughs> right. Although, Marsh, I did not know that until you just told me, which is super exciting because somewhere deep, deep in the research of the COVID vaccine when it does come out is someone's going to have to explain like, Okay, so this one guy in Jersey dropped dead, but we learned that he only drank mango nectar for the last two years. So <laughs> cross through my name. Yeah, I mean, you can't like live your life so as to troll the vaccine injury reporting like uh, system. <laughs> Just like, yeah, to die in the most ridiculous and extravagant way so they have to include you in the stats is, is not really a life goal. <laughs> Me and Mickey Willis disagree. But how do the snakes get there? <laughs> Cobra effect problem. By the way, I had a little fun moment here as I was watching. I got really bored a lot, but right here, especially bored. And I just hit fast forward to see like where the end fit approximately on the scroll bar. And I landed on the final scene from Karate Kid. And I was like, I cannot wait to see how this ties in. They actually do <laughs> tie it in. We're going to see the final scene from Karate Kid just for a second. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to know how they tie that in, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I watched it at regular speed. Yeah, when I say tie in, I feel like that's not the best wording, but it's in there. <laughs> it's in there. But uh, this is where they also point out that 491,000 Indian people got paralyzed by the polio vaccine from the Gates Foundation between 2000 and 2017, which I do not believe is true. Is it? I did not look that up, but to be honest, I was mostly thinking about how that final scene from Karate Kid ties in in the same way that the single flashes of Cox in Fight Club tie in. It's that level of, that's the only thing I can imagine what, what happened. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't look that statistic up, but um, I do not believe that that statistic is true. Okay. Well, even if it is true, in 1981 alone, this I did look up, in 1981 alone, there were almost exactly 491,000 cases of paralytic polio in the world with the vast majority of those in South Asia. And in 2016, there were 46 cases in the entire world. So I just feel like you have to compare numbers. <laughs> but the point of this section is like, after they show, oh, this went so bad in India and they started a, they even started a, like a thing in the Indian Congress about it. And then, they do this weird talking head interview where a man from India is like, look, people in India are barbarians. I mean, we are really yeah. savages, let me tell you. But Americans, Americans poisoning people, that, that is surprising to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, you're probably thinking... What does Eli's anti-vaxxer state representative have to say about all this? Because we haven't had him weigh in yet. Well, this is where we find out. We're going to hear from Jamel C. Holly. Oh, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy to death. He is from, he is a state representative for a pile of gravel six miles from where I live. He went really? to school for criminal justice and he's just like, trust me, I went to cop school. So you know I know about Bill and Melinda Gates. <laughs> And we get a little shot of him here. This is one of my favorite moments. He says, I've been studying all the science about COVID-19. And then we watch him grabbing a book off of a big shelf of books. He grabs mm -hmm. the 1974 volume from a set of encyclopedias of Is that what that was? Or something. I don't know. Yeah. I bet that was. Oh, that's, but, that's amazing. But he learned about COVID-19 from a 1974 volume of an encyclopedia. <laughs> Oh God, and I, I also love that we see him like walking around his office to establish like how he is this like super important guy. And he walks up to a security guard 
and he touches the security hat guard's hand in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody announce themselves as an idiot so quickly. It's like, don't, don't shake hands with that guy. You're going to, like, there's a disease going around, mate. Re- like, again, just turn your phone off airplane mode for like two minutes so you get a news update. This, this whole section is, we're not racist. We have black friends who are also crazy, dangerous assholes. So yeah, I'm just saying, all colors uh, and creeds. Yeah, this is where Representative Holly... He asks, why would Bill Gates choose Africa specifically? Yeah, he says, of all the places Gates could have gone in the world, why do you settle on Africa? It's like, well, Africa is a continent. If you're counting entire <laughs> continents as places, there are only seven places. <laughs> seven and he places, was already yeah. in one of them. Yeah, Antarctica seemed like a whole thing. I don't know. I went and I picked Africa. It was one out of seven. Just in general, though, if Bill Gates wanted, uh, you know, less people in Africa, that seems to be the theory they're transitioning toward is that it's about population control. If Bill Gates wanted that, it uh, feels like he wouldn't give away vaccines there. I don't know. Just <laughs> that's a weird way to do it. And he also, the voiceover says, the policy with Africa is to reduce the population while we see the policy on slowing population growth, reducing <laughs> yeah, growth, right. which is not the same thing as reducing the population. Yeah, we do want to slow population growth yeah. everywhere, I would say, not just Africa. Yeah, probably better if we slow that a little bit. Well, now it's time to answer a very complicated question. And they actually put this on the screen. Does saving lives increase the population or decrease the population? <laughs> like, apparently the answer might surprise you. <laughs> and to be fair, the answer does surprise me because the answer that they give in this movie is... Bill Gates is blocking the sun with chemtrails. Yep. Yes, yes, he is. That is what they tell us. Yeah, mostly the African sun, but uh, just, <laughs> you know, it's a problem everywhere. Yeah, he's blocking the sun with chemtrails of calcium carbonate, big piles of dust that he's launching into space. He's also launching hundreds of satellites to spy on every person everywhere to implement his vaccines. I don't know. And it just seems like the giant clouds of the calcium carbonate are going to fuck with the visual for the spy satellite. <laughs> you know, too many evil plots, they start conflicting. This is where they use like tiny microsecond clips of him talking about vaccine passports as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. He talks about like uh, the need for some kind of digital immunity proof, which they spin to say that he wants to inject you with a computer chip that will have your vaccine history and all your health and everything on it. But he is very clearly not saying that. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. It felt like a Mark of the Beast thing. It's, <laughs> is that not it? And then we get the genetically modified mosquitoes filled with vaccines. Yeah, this is amazing. They're about to release them in Florida to prevent malaria. Yeah, which is really, really impressive. But like, from what I know about the genetically modified mosquitoes, it's it's more about making sure that they like can't carry the illness than that they like, you know, the mosquito shows up, takes your health history, takes your temperature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's mostly so like I think it's uh, the female mosquitoes will die early before they can like uh, can get the malaria virus and, and pass it on. So it is just to stop the mosquitoes having malaria in the first place and also to control the populations of mosquitoes. But I guess because that's all then about population control, Mickey Willis must be against it because, you know, he's so against anything Bill Gates wants to do to control populations. I assume he's going to make an entire pandemic about Bill Gates killing all the mosquitoes. <laughs> Maybe he's going to interview like a mosquito, Judy Miscovich. We'll find out how she was arrested, but not with a signed warrant for stealing blood from someone she shouldn't have done. There'll be a whole film that goes into it. Selling tiny little masks to mosquitoes as part of a conspiracy. Judy Mosquitovich. 
Yes, it's a, it's a, it's There's good. something. Thank you. Thank you. Nailed it. And Jeffrey Epstein. Jeff Epstein. <laughs> yep. Bam. Smash cut. Jeffrey Epstein. They had lunch six times, damn it. Lunch. Yeah. And oh, like for one thing, they, yeah, they met six times. That's six times ever. I think like Stephen Pinker and Lawrence Krauss can knock that out over a weekend. So that is not <laughs> an impressive number. But when they show Jeffrey Epstein, they caption him like convicted pedophile slash sex trafficker. And I wanted them to add like author or educator or researcher <laughs> just to fit with their other guests. Father. <laughs> <laughs> but they do point out that one of the six times they met was in Seattle. And I thought, why is Seattle important? But then I realized Seattle has the space needle. Oh. Space needle. It all fits. Fetch the string, <laughs> put a pin in it. <laughs> they also say the reason that Bill Gates was meeting with Jeff Epstein was he was looking for another money source for his charity. Like, why the fuck would Bill Gates need money? I think he's flush at his charity. <laughs> and then the VO comes in. And it's like, yeah, I think I heard Heath just ask, why the fuck would Bill Gates need money? And, and it, it answers itself, but not really. The VO says, yeah, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not taking questions from me. But they hung out because they both really liked giving money to science. And this is the thing like Bill Gates wanted him for the money and like because he was known as having interest in science. He didn't want him for the pedophilia. It's not like Bill Gates was saying, right, we, we're going to need a nonce for this job. Like it was some kind of Ocean's Eleven building the crew kind of scene. That's not what they were doing here. <laughs> we need a Boski, a Jim Brown, a couple of Fitzgeralds. <laughs> and they conclude this by being like, so is Bill Gates a good guy or is he giving money to charity? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Or did he? Yeah. Yes. What? You can't just say or did he? Yeah. It's like Bill Gates is either they say Bill Gates is either one of the most misunderstood men alive or one of the most convincing con men ever to live. It's like right, but in the same way that Heath is either quite a tall guy or an incredibly convincing colony of gerbils wearing a man suit. It's like yes, that is a valid either or, but it's really clear <laughs> or which of those am two. I? You don't know. It's like personally, I would love to believe he's a good guy but I make my money from not believing it. So what are you going to do? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, this is also where they remind us that because of the thing that Reagan signed, if your head falls off because of the COVID-19 vaccine, you are fucked. And I wrote in my notes, I mean, yeah, that's American medical system no matter what, but I, you, <laughs> if you want to attribute it to Reagan, go ahead. Yeah, but apparently there are no laws about COVID-19 vaccines here, just none. The only rule is there are no rules about COVID. <laughs> Welcome to fucking Thunderdome. But like they're also like making the point that the vaccine is going to be untested, whilst also making the point like here are loads of people getting the shots as part of the testing phase. It's like, well, which of the two is it? Phil? Is this is it untested, or are these people part of the test right now? Right. They point out that the side effects of the Moderna vaccine that they're working on can be problematic. Just. Small detail, a major side effect of COVID-19 is death. You die. <laughs> so it feels like maybe we roll the dice. By the way, know. they don't say a major side effect because it actually isn't a major side effect. It's a systematic side effect. So I went ahead and Googled that. They mean a headache. It's a fucking headache. You know what has triple the side effect rate of that? The fucking Tdap vaccine, which makes your fucking shoulder hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we ask Bill Gates another question here. Oh, I love this so much. I love this so much. <laughs> We're at a, in another news interview, and it's uh, the reporter saying, Bill Gates, are vaccines safe? And he's like, yeah, they're going to test that 
with with science fade out. And <laughs> we slowly fade to black and fade to silence. Fading. Like this movie is Homer slowly backing into the bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Smoke Bomb, the science documentary. <laughs> and from there, they're finally going to wrap it up with a montage of their literal yarn and bush bins with a voiceover about everyone staying level-headed in these... <laughs> Crazy times. <laughs> yeah, we, we get to see uh, David outside. He's changed into a gold sparkly bow tie now. So that's that's nice. That's He's, he's <laughs> yeah. recognized the occasion. It's a big finale. He's got to go all out. <laughs> and they start the section by being like, we're not saying kill Dr. Fauci. And I wrote in my notes, honestly, that's refreshing for the pandemic <laughs> movies. Good for them. And, and then they they do this like weird Tony Robbins self self-confidence montage where they're like the biggest lie we've ever been told is that humanity fucking sucks <laughs> but <laughs> but you don't and it's like all all of the stock footage could be literally under any other speech i have ever seen ever <laughs> it's, it's so unrelated and i just wanted the voiceover he was rising to a crescendo i just expected this is our Independence Day. Oh. Sorry, what? Oh, <laughs> sorry, wrong script, wrong script. I'll get back to it. Absolutely. Oh, that that kept happening. He was like, this is our time to reclaim our humanity. This is our time down here. Fuck, I'm in, in the Goonies speech. This is the speech from the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, and they've got clips from Karate Kid, as he mm -hmm. mentioned, but also like Captain Marvel and shit. I was like, yeah. Clips of Captain Marvel, Karate Kid, Forrest Gump, The Matrix, V Vendetta. This does not seem like these are being used under fair use. And I can't possibly imagine <laughs> they've got the license to use the clips of any of these films. And just saying, if anybody wants to let Marvel or the makers of any of those films know that their copyrighted work is being involved in this film, uh, it's uh, pandemicseries at protonmail.com if you want to point Marvel in the right direction. They also, when they're saying about humanity not being a virus, you know, they, they, it's like humanity's not a virus, despite what this clip of The Matrix is telling you, or this picture of Madonna, or Michael Jackson's Earth song. And I thought it was weird that they didn't caption Michael Jackson as millionaire, pedophile, writer, researcher. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're saying like, here's the good news. At the end of a movie, the hero always has that big moment. And that's when they show us the end of The Karate Kid. I was like, okay, we're going to beat coronavirus with a crane kick. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, they worked that in better than I expected. To be fair, <laughs> if we crane kick for a week, we could beat this thing in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, the coronavirus is a lot like Johnny Lawrence and the uh, <laughs> the Corona Kai. Yeah, so that's where they close it. But before they completely wrap it up, they explain their very confusing title. <laughs> <laughs> it's Plan Plus Demic. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Is that still confusing? I'll explain what each of those words <laughs> means separately. And they do that. They give us the definition of plan and oh. the definition of demic. Yeah. And so that the sinister name of this film literally means a detailed proposal for doing or achieving something of or pertaining to people. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> people thing. The movie. Part two, sort of. I want them to do the same thing within Doctor Nation and I have to kind of explain why they put Doctor in the middle. That would have been great. Try to define in without saying in. They have no oh. shot. Yeah. yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. <laughs> All right. Well, that's where the movie wraps up. But then we also go backstage after HMS Pinafore with Brian Rose in his weird bunker <laughs> to close it out. 
he's going to try to sell us a T-shirt. <laughs> and, and he's now holding the camera in his hand, like it's kind of like self-shot footage like that, which it makes no sense because he's in the same fucking room. So we know you've got better cameras in there. This just makes it look ridiculous. But it gives the whole thing a kind of the police found this video among his personal belongings kind of vibe. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Just before, and then he turned the gun on himself kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. He's got a, he's also got a great pitch for people there. He's like, hey, by the way, if you're too stupid for an hour and 20 minutes, Elias, we got 33 second clips on the website. You can just send those around just in case, you know, in case there's too much nuance and context in pandemic indoctrination. <laughs> Also, sign our petition to the governments. It says, stop, please. <laughs> and then he gives one more plug for you to share it. He's like, please, please, please share this on Facebook. Oh, we got kicked off. Okay. Uh, uh, share this on Twitter. Nope. All right. Walk outside and tell somebody on the street if you don't mind. Just share it. Somehow. Yeah, but the thing is, this is working and... His platform is making like $40,000 a month. He's raised $250,000 before this premiere even went out. If this was a grift, it's an incredibly successful and effective and growing grift. And I don't think you've seen the loss of Brian Rose and his weird Nazi-themed British memorabilia bunker <laughs> thing. No, <laughs> I don't think so either. Mm -mm. Uh, all right. Well, well, that does it for a review of Plandemic 2, whatever number. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we found another bad movie. So, Eli, what's on deck? We'll be covering the Bollywood epic Magadhira. Excellent. All right. Well, with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 262 to a merciful close. Big thanks to Marsh, as always. And uh, for anyone who's new, where should they go to hear more of your stuff? Yeah, you should go to uh, Skeptics with a K podcast on iTunes and everywhere else. And that's me sort of talking about skeptical stories. And you can check out the charity, the skeptical charity that I work for, Good Thinking Society, to see some of the activism that I'm doing. Excellent. Great cause. And once again, huge thanks to all the Patreon donors. If you're feeling generous like them, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful. That'll get you early access to an ad-free version of every episode and also 50 and counting bonus episodes about movies like Samurai Cop, Roadhouse and Jaws the Revenge. Oh, that yeah. That's the most recent one. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, The Skeptocrat, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of Piantra Torres. Our theme song is written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. From Michael Marshall and Eli Bosnick, I'm Heath Enright, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Animal Breakfast House Club Club. Animal House Clubs. Mickey Willis went on to make Plandemic 19, a 36-hour-long rebuttal to the criticism he received for Plandemic Part 18. <laughs> Sadly, not everyone involved with this movie died of COVID. <laughs> Heath went on to add yet <laughs> thoughts and prayers you want to explain why your greeting to Morgan was so cold just now feel like mine I think mine was pretty great
Well, Morgan, you can listen. Hello, back. Morgan, and we're back. And <laughs> <laughs> movie. Okay, here we go. Low, low, low. Doing Bill Gates stuff. Bill Gates stuff is my favorite stuff. <laughs> Is he, is he not a lot more kind of kermit than that? He's got a bit of a Kermit thing going on as well. Bill, Bill Gates, yeah. Okay, no, I can't do it, but yes, it is Kermity. Lou, 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 doing Bill Gates stuff. Bill Gates stuff is my favorite stuff. Can you bring it up a little bit? Lou, 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 Bill Gates stuff. Doing Bill Gates stuff is my favorite stuff. Marsh, I want you to know I chickened out of the original right of this ad, which was just you monologuing about how everyone in England doesn't groom their pubic hair. <laughs> Wait, I, do you guys not do uh, do you guys not do any scaping? Is that culture? It's uh I, I did not know that was a cultural thing. They're a hairy people. <laughs> Andy seems like a smooth sailor. I bet if you guys I oh, I guarantee you he is just like squeaking noise clean. Oh, no, I, know. I would I would go the opposite. I think I think Andy is uh is a rogue of a man. See, that's, it looks I'm, just like it look just looks like the face like all like with the the gray and the the, yeah, yeah. The I, I, think, I think that just starts just below his cheek and just continues solidly all the way down. <laughs> it looks like he's got Sean Connery in a thigh lock down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes because he actually does, but also. <laughs> From there, they go immediately to India and a mass. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. are you moving to a new thing? Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, so if you if you're not, then sorry, you go ahead. No, my fault. you you go because I'm going to move to the India thing, which is what they mm. go to. Okay, so, so you yeah. are moving. To I the am. Thing. You meant yes <laughs> when you said no. I mean, I was aware that he was moving to a new thing. I stayed out of it because I want to get something on the new thing. I'm I know my place. I'm following. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> Thank you, Marsh. I appreciate your tone, Morgan. Please send me a clip of Heath's snippy tone so I can send it to <laughs> Noah to tell on him. Please keep the clip of Eli using no to mean yes. Also, that'd be great. It's helpful in our company communication. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.